Hi, this is Tim Krolski. You've gotten to know some of Garner's folks personally through my podcast. Now it's time for you to hear about the ever-changing things happening in the trucking industry. From regulations to technology to customers and the daily life of a trucker, it's time to hear from the folks on the road and the people off the road who provide support. What will your perspective be? Will you agree with the thoughts of others? Find out when you come with me on Garner Trucking's Beyond the Cab. Hello and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cab. Currently in the transportation industry, we're talking a lot about supply chain, everything from driver availability to equipment that isn't uh, available uh, and all the problems at the ports, let alone everything in between. Um, Today, I want to introduce a very special guest from a valued long-term customer, Lowe's. Uh, Mr. Phil Hubbock is with us today. Well, Tim, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Phil, for coming in. I appreciate it. We want to talk today a little bit about uh, supply chain and some of the challenges that you're facing, um, both on the D.C. level and and at a corporate level, from what you can share today. Um, But I think it's important first to to know a little bit. Selfishly, I I know a few things about your background, but I I want to make sure the listeners today know a few things as well. So um, obviously the southern draw is the first thing we notice, right? So where does that put you on the planet? Where are you from? Well, Tim, I've I've been from the south most of my life, but now I call Finley home after 17 years up here. But born in Kentucky, lived in Tennessee and Georgia, and like I said, last 17 years up here. Um, After I got a degree in supply chain, which wasn't a popular thing back in 1994, but... Yeah, now we're cool. Yeah, now, now it's a great thing, you know, but... Did that and got a job down in Macon, Georgia. Worked in Macon at a cigarette company. Uh, was called Brown and Williamson Tobacco back in the day. Uh, now it's Reynolds American and uh, we make cools and things like that. But they merged and I got displaced and I ended up at Lowe's in uh, 2004. Been here since. So th- th- was that direct from there to to here to into Finley? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Great. I knew that there was some background there in distribution, that sort of thing, and certainly it's all kind of birds of a feather type stuff. So I appreciate you sharing a little bit there. Um, so as far as Lowe's is concerned, um, one of the things that we just did, uh, we just did a little piece together here a couple of weeks back. Um, talking about supply chain and some of the challenges from not only the trucking industry but from the retail world and, and, and those types of things. And one of the things I found that was really interesting in that conversation, which which was the purchasing of product domestically versus uh, the foreign foreign uh, trade and the stuff you're buying overseas. What um, uh, would you take me a little bit through that process? Because I thought it was kind of an interesting thing. You talked a little bit about um, extension cords and and those types of things. So just kind of give it a little bit of philosophy there on purchasing. Well, one thing, you know, you're about a season ahead. So we're always like uh, Halloween. We would be getting the Halloween stuff in in July for October 31st, Halloween. Christmas is the same thing. It usually starts coming in in August and we start try to get it to the stores in September with the pandemic obviously there's some delays in that but we were ahead of the game and we did get a lot of that that's um, product in so we had a good good October in sales and we actually kind of beat our competition in some of the Christmas and stuff because we got a good chunk of that before you know we got 
de- delayed at the steamship lines. Right. And the things that we talked about, which was really interesting, is it's not unusual to have issues <laughs> at the ports. You know? Yeah, this is a norm. This is kind it's of a norm. It's just exacerbated at this point. I think I, think I actually um, I reported on a piece of that I thought was interesting. It had a 14-hour delay back in June of 2020, and this year in September 2021, it was a 13-day delay for unloading. And all those guys are owner-operators, and they're not getting paid to stand in line to get into the ports right. to, to get their you know, pay like product, yeah. yeah. So it's horrible, and it's not uncommon. You know, and certain ports are really good. I I just saw an article this morning about New Jersey and New York where they were just lined and lined and lined up waiting to get their containers. But some ports are really good. Savannah's one of those ports where they they take pride in what they do, and they turn in. They take pride in their time is fifty minutes, right, in and out in Savannah. So. There's really good ports, and I think they're working, you know, to resolve that. So that that's where we're at right now. So, but it's getting back to the domestic side of things, those purchases, um, I know you they, you had those challenges um, as far as getting the the um, extension cords in at Christmas time and bought them domestically so that you could help facilitate that process. Would you say that there's been a change in purchasing overseas versus domestic purchasing since the pandemic or as a result of the pandemic? I would say that not the pandemic, but the issues at the steamship lines or ports. So regardless of regardless of those issues. Yeah, because like we had talked about, the Chinese New Year, the you know, they shut down for a month every I can't remember if it's... It's May, I think. Yeah, and it's for about a month Mm -hmm. where there's no shipments out of China. Well, one year we got hit because all the extension cards (laughs) were purchased out of China. And so Home Depot was getting them and Walmart was getting them on the shelves and we were all stuck. So this was four or five years ago. We made this decision. You got to be sourcing domestically at least a good portion or you know, a majority or at least have a little bit so you don't run into that situation at the ports. And since then, we've been pretty pretty decent, you know, at sourcing domestically and not putting all our eggs in one basket, you know, in the Chinese Overseas, and Korean. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's, it's an interesting dynamic in uh, the fact that the, the pandemic really didn't, you know, make that decision or, or give you guys an opportunity to change or want to change. Is That's pretty cool that you're ahead of the ahead of the curve there what would you say though then what are the challenges from the distribution center uh with product and availability uh, i know the the i i go regularly into low stores and the shelves are full there's you know plenty of product there which is great not the same for grocery stores mm-hmm. so much but but um i i wonder um from the distribution center side of things what do you see as some of the challenges right now in terms of what products are available versus which ones aren't and and what's that look like well because we change the sourcing you know some are domestic and some are international maybe 50 50 say it's probably not 50 50 but we'll just say it's 50 50. but which companies got hit the hardest with you know the pandemic of people shutting down like you know the car industry mm-hmm. got hit really 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 hard but I just saw another thing, John Deere. 
they got they were striking or they they weren't making there so right. you know they could be seven months behind so we were we would be behind getting product from john deere and or anyone like that depending on how how hard each company might have been hit with the pandemic mm-hmm. so that's been you know really the driving factor our warehouse is totally full you know that's amazing all on its own yeah but why is that because do we have the right product here you know <laughs> we're always seasons ahead but we're kind of wanting this winter stuff you know right now yeah we were short a little bit of christmas but in general you know we're, we're shifting a little bit it's kind of been a odd um fa- what is it fall because it's kind of dragged on we just finally yeah. got some 50 degrees it's been pretty warm off also now some heating came into play you know where do we need to move right. it when do we start it but the people at the facilities are driving you know what what's coming in quicker you know like centrex here they're making plastic they haven't got hit quite as bad see we're seeing a lot of totes coming in and whatnot i saw a lot of scots coming in not a lot of delays with them but certain vendors you know you see some delays and is the right stuff at the right time you know that that's what you're dealing with right now but you but you've got it on site when when it is time right um do you see uh do you see you know in our industry especially right now i know we're having our own challenges as far as receiving equipment um we've got a, a grouping of trailers that's been partially produced and we're still waiting on the rest of it we've got some tractors and again same sort of thing we've got some that we are promised production on the rest we'll have to wait on um and these are you know these are just you know all of the kind of the fallout from the from the pandemic and shortages with chips and staff and all the different things that we're all being asked to be patient with right now what are you seeing in terms of shortcomings with equipment you know we, you keep a a decent sized pool on site and, and um obviously you, you mentioned the product and those types of, of things what, what are you seeing at this point it's all kind of intertwined kind of with what you said do we have enough people to unload the trailers do we have enough space to unload the trailers and store it and do we have the drivers to bring it in so it's all kind of intertwined so what ends up happening and when we're full like we are and we don't have the people to unload the trailers where did what happens well the trailers end up being kind of used as storage facilities until we can get around with it and that really hurts you guys because y'all need them for different customers and whatnot so we end up tying up trailers longer than we try to turn everything 24 48 hours minimum um and if we can't you know that's that's when that's, it, a, problem, that, yeah. that's a problem it's a problem with you then you you got drivers that are available that don't have a trailer and that's a problem you know so it just compounds the issues and it, it all works together, yeah. you know, as we move through. Do you see the same challenges on the loading side? I know you mentioned staffing and, and having some difficulties there. And as far as getting unloaded, the same has to be true then for the loading processes. Loading is a little bit better, frankly, because we just have you guys and rail as the core carriers, you know, for right. going to the store. So we have these long-term relationships and partnerships, and we know – we work great together, and we know what we have to do. The problem is at the store level, you know, if they have call-offs, and that's that's a hard job to fill anyway, where, you know, if they call off and you guys show up and your driver's like, oh, man, they didn't unload last night's trailer, well, then what am I doing with this trailer? Right. You know what I mean? So you lost a guy, too, 
and you know, and then we have an extra dude. And what do you do? Do you bring him back to the DC? Do you reschedule? Does the guy waste ten hours sitting at right. the? You know, and and that's really the biggest challenge about delivering. You guys have been phenomenal, hundred percent delivery at both locations. Um, and Rails done fair. They have a little bit more staffing issues, but they've been really good as well. We're up to ninety nine seven on time percentage. So. The driver part of it, because we've, we've established such great partnerships, has been a great thing. It's staffing at both locations sure. more, more so. Yeah, I, I can see that too. And you, you see that mm-hmm. everywhere, as I mentioned. You, know, you can't go to a restaurant today to, without you know, um, at being asked to be patient, you know, that they're short-staffed, those types of things. So we're kind of we're all living in that world. Um, what would you say uh, in the home improvement world, uh, as far as planning for natural disasters, I mean, we had, we've had this pandemic, and certainly we've had other. You know, life goes on. We still have situations with you know with fires and flooding and all the things that go on. Can you can you share a little bit there as far as how how does Lowe's approach that natural disaster world? Well, obviously we've had some, and we we it's seasonal, so we know up here. We might get a tornado here and there, but and maybe and flooding is actually a pretty big thing. Um, but winter and snow is the big hitter up here, so we we do stock for that, and it's called emergency freight, and it you know fills up the warehouse, and that's what takes a certain amount of space. So that when there is an issue, we have it. First, we want to have it in the store prior to the event. Right. But if an event a natural disaster does take place we want to be able to get it to you guys and get it to the stores so we can get it to the consumer to fix their problems so we already have it stocked you know and and we are fast and it's just how how do you allocate your resources to get it to the place that it needs to be at that time do you see a lot of draw on um uh, the the products and the freight that you have in in the case of a natural disaster that maybe isn't in our area um, or does it typically get handled by that you know DC that's closest to that's not in the way of you know whatever that storm is or problem is yeah we'll we'll send some stuff down to Texas and mostly we will go east coast or Indiana or Rockford or Michigan and that that's kind of where we would go and we have DCs obviously all over the country so they're going to pick the closest one just because of the transportation and how right. quick you can resolve the problem so first they go to the closest DC and then they move out you know but we've had water um being short everywhere especially down mm-hmm. south and we'll ship truckloads of water to ensure everyone gets what they need to get and we can support the communities that, you know, because Lowe's is 400,000 people. So it, it, we have to be affected if any national empo- uh, Lowe's employee has to be affected. It's just we have too many people. So we're also serving our own folks and our associates to make sure they're safe and they have the stuff they need to keep on going when you lose a house, you lose a car, you go through something like that. Right. Yeah, it's important to have that availability. I, I just uh, I always think that stuff's really interesting because there's a lot of planning and foresight that has to go into it. And then, of course, you know, with any business, you have to have those contingency plans when, you know, plan A <laughs> goes to hell. You've got to have a plan <laughs> B and C to go along with it. So I was just kind of curious about that. So have you seen, um, you know, again, we're in that world of staffing. Have you seen any um, pluses, increases in terms of staffing at the distribution center? Any? Um, positive signs of life as we're all kind of fighting the same fight 
I mean, obviously, we've all taken steps financially to draw people in. That's yeah. that seems the way that we go. Um, we still have we had we still have trouble on the off ships, and that's you throw money at it and you hope it happens. But it really hasn't been the driving factor for some of the off ships to staff them up. So we run. We're really tight on the night shift. The weekends is so so. Weekend nights is a little hard, you know. So you gotta give, you gotta offer up different alternatives, and that's what the biggest thing I've noticed during the pandemic and all the staffing issues is what levers can we pull to entice people to want to work at Lowe's instead of Home Depot or Walmart or Best Buy or any, any of them around, around yeah. here. You know, we got tons of them. So. You, you look at some shift opportunities. We're all paying about the same. You know, that that is what it is because um, we all know what each other is making. So what other benefits can we give these people to make them want to stay at Lowe's? So it's right. more once we get them here, let's be the best employer we can be to keep you here instead of you going across the street to McLean or Campbell's or whatnot. And that's um, that's our goal. But, you know, we see different shifts coming out. We, you know, we just try to do things to make uh, Lowe's be the um, place to work around town, you know, to draw those people. You know, I, as you were, as you were sharing some of that, I have to reflect back. I spent uh, um, this previous week at, uh, in Nashville for the American Trucking Association. And um, one of the things that kind of stood out to me is uh, the president, Chris Spear, uh, of the American Trucking Associations had made a statement that just has kind of stayed with me. And um, that statement was that, um, so, you know, the rest of the world is now feeling the issues of employment and, and the lack of people. Well, welcome to the party because <laughs> trucking's kind of dealt with that for, for decades and decades. And, uh, it's just, you know, kind of a reminder of um, how hard we have to work to to maintain the folks that we have and to attract more people into the industry as you as we started this conversation great point about um you know who knew that uh you know that supply chain degree was going to be something that was you know so valued at this point and and such a big part of uh and i suppose it was it absolutely was then when you got it and as absolutely was when i started driving truck it's just as important now uh but i think maybe more critical as you know we've got these shortages and things that we deal with so the you know the people side of things has always been and i've been reminded by our owner you know the best and sometimes the most challenging part of things um, so, you know, keeping and maintaining those, it's a real art, it's a real craft to, to, to hold on to those folks. So kudos to you guys for being able to do that. I, um, I had heard, uh, from a, I, I don't, I won't mention the company, but I heard from a company that they anticipated a very heavy summertime and they knew that they were going to need to staff their locations significantly for that summer rush. And so they set out to hire 10,000 employees with the, um, the ability to, to maintain and hold on to 7,000 of those 10,000 people. That was the goal. So um, the bigger picture was is they actually hired 21,000 people for their positions. That's an amazing number. You want to talk about overachievement. That's definitely it. And... On the backside of that, only retained I think it was two to three thousand of them. So 
just to kind of put it in perspective, it's, again, not exclusive to trucking. It's certainly not exclusive to distribution and, and retail. Um, there's a lot of a lot of different segments that are hurting right now as far as employment's concerned. And, again, we're all aware of it and we know it. Um, you know, there, there's a, a real tendency for me that I want to focus on, you know, the, the positives of things. We can always dwell and, and, and be bummed out about, over the problems and issues. But um, the, the success side of things, there's been some things that for me personally and for the organization here that have really come to light, have really said, okay, this is a, a good thing that's come out of this pandemic. What, uh, what could you point to in terms of successes for you or for the distribution center or Lowe's in general during this time? You know, there is successes on everything you do. And you, like you said, you don't want to talk about failures. So I tend to talk about them as opportunities. You know, what have we done differently to be, you know, to be successful? And, you know, you got to balance the, the partnerships and the store and loves and the carriers to make sure everybody's successful. And I always feel like if we're all successful, then we're going to win. Right one way or the other um so so failures i don't know if i could even point to a single thing i call failure you know sometimes you want to be careful not being complacent you know how do you how do you always how, yeah how do you resolve it not saying well it is what it is because of the pandemic well that's not a good answer for any of us what what levers can we pull to still continue to be as good as we have always and not say people are the problem you know that we just blame it on people and throw our hands yeah. up and go so what do you have to do so i think that's the, my biggest challenge and biggest growth as a as a leader uh, or a senior leader at the company is don't accept it is what it is find, pull find that way yeah find a way to resolve it and make everyone successful you know because we're all in it to make some money you know so let's let's find these opportunities and and minimize the the lack of whatever people drivers you know people at the store whatever. Yeah, I I think as uh, as people that, that that run a business own a business, you don't really have that luxury of just kind of sitting back and saying, well, you know, it is what it is, and we did our best today. That sort of thing. You've got to have you've got to have ideas and solutions and and keep evolving is what I what I like to say. And a lot of times, don't take it personal. You know what I mean? You can only control what you can control, but try to control, you mean do the things that it takes to improve the process or make everybody successful. Execution. Execution mm -hmm. is a big part of things. Do you see any obstacles in the world of home improvement here over the next year, couple of years? Anything that stands out to you? Um, and maybe, to use your word, opportunities. Do you see any opportunities there? Just in general. You know, we, we had the opportunities with wood. You know, millworks and whatnot where we weren't getting wood for a while. You know, to build, you know, for those contractors, that hurt immensely, you know, and then that obviously hurt the consumer because if a guy was going to build you a deck, you know, you're three months out. But what about even a, a window, you know? It takes an extra two months to get a window. Then it takes an extra three weeks to get the guy out to the – you know to fix it so that, those are the opportunities and uh the, the things we try to work on 
Yeah, yeah. Do you see do you see an end in sight to some of those demands, or you think we're just going to continue down this road for a while? I think as long as there's a, I heard I heard this. As long as there's a people shortage, you know, there there's going to be delays. Yeah. You know, you're going to see it in the cars. You know, you want to go buy a John Deere lawnmower. You're in the May of next year already. You know, it's everything. You buy a trailer. You've already yep. talked about it. You're in the next year sometime. Um, so there's there's probably money out there, <laughs> you know, that we want to spend, but we can't we, buy nothing. We can't even get concrete. We've got some concrete work work that's been lined up for quite a while now. I mean, it's it's a done deal. It's going to happen, but it's just a question of when. So you know, to that end, it's every segment. I think we're going to change. I mean, we're doing what we have to do. You, are, you are, I am, everybody is. We can only control what we control, and we can't control when the product gets here for the most part. We can order better. You know, we can, you know, we do have a seat at the table. We're a big company, fourth, fourth biggest uh, importer in the country. And so we, have, we do have a seat at some of the, you know, higher up, you know, conversations, you know, with the company, I mean, the government and whatnot. Um, but as long as there's people, and I heard it might be 2030 before we see any kind of change. Yeah. So, so we're talking nine years, you know, until. And is there a mentality change? You know, you and I are close to the same. We're so we're in our 45, 50 year. You know, we have maybe a different work ethic. So some of that's been brought up, and you see it a little bit. But whenever there's that opportunity to go across the street and make the same amount of money for a better shift, it all comes back to we have to be the employer of choice, and we have to retain the people. And I think you guys do a wonderful job. I think you probably have a lot of tenured folks, you know, that have been with Garner for years and years because you see them coming into Lowe's all the time, and that's wonderful. So obviously you guys, and you've been recognized as a carrier of choice, because most of the time these guys know they can go next door. So the goal for all of us is to be the employer of choice to keep the people we got. Well said. I I will tell you, you know, we were talking a little <clears throat> bit about um, uh, those opportunities and the things that we try to figure out and try to do to uh, excel, um, solve the problems that we have. And um, sometimes you're not always even aware of the problems uh, or that they're not maybe not even a problem, but a way to to, to kind of better. And I, I will say that about our, our best fleets program um, where we're actually currently working on our, our sixth uh, sixth questionnaire, hopefully a sixth time around the around the block on this deal. And the one thing that never ceases to amaze me about this particular program is that it always illustrates something that we can do better, something different that we could be doing. And if I take a look back five years versus where we're at today, and even what we've been able to accomplish over the last year, um, towards this next round. Not that we're doing things for the award. We're doing things because you want that level of improvement. You want that seniority. You want those. I want everyone to be gray-haired and and enjoy life here, you know, at Garner Trucking. And certainly I wish the same for the folks at Lowe's. Um, But it is. It's it's desperately important that you figure out how how to employ people and how to maintain and keep those individuals happy and provide that culture that does that for you. And so um, I appreciate those sentiments because I, I think you're dead on with that. Um, any predictions for 2022 and beyond? Anything that you can say uh, in regards to the supply chain that we should be thinking about or looking towards? I think you're going to see the same thing, you know, 
at keeping on, keeping on. We're going to have trouble getting stuff based on people manufacturing stuff and producing stuff. As long as we're, we're short people, it's going to take longer to get everything. So um, be patient. Everyone, hold hold uh, on and buy your toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> I did, did look stock the other day, but <laughs> you know, it's up and down on every, every, every week. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Phil, I, I really appreciate you again taking the time to, to spend with us today. It means a lot um, to have a valued customer for well, 20 years, I think, this, this year. So it's a pretty big deal for us, and we're so thankful for the relationship that, 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 that we have as organizations and certainly the relationship that I have with you on a more personal level. Um, what message, if any, would you like to share with our drivers uh, before we finish up today? You know, I... I was thinking about this, and I, and you and I were talking a tiny bit about it. And we've one time uh, ten years ago, I think I did a keynote thing, and I brought up that the drivers are the face of any comp of any company, especially Garner. And it's not you sitting, you know, up here in the office or the dispatchers or whatnot. They're the they're the people facing the customers and you know i get no complaints ever about unprofessional behavior from garner um you're courteous they know what needs to be done they're professional they handle everything the right way you know i can't and that's not the way it is with a lot of customers and customer drivers and that's what i appreciate about it about with garner and i appreciate that that I never have there's no maintenance to me you know and I know what I know what I get to expect when I'm dealing with a Garner driver so I hope to do the same thing with Lowe's to treat you guys professional and you know be be available but I can't thank you guys enough for the way you act and the way you are and the way you are as a face of the of Garner you do you guys do a great job thanks Phil I appreciate that and I know our our drivers work hard to to be as uh, professional as possible um, on site on the road and at the store locations and certainly we've had the same sort of experience from our end as far as the folks on the docks and um, the security guards that, that they're dealing with each and every day there's genuinely not a whole lot of error there so I appreciate that and appreciate the sentiment uh, I want to thank you again Phil Hubbock for for taking the time to, to sit down and talk with me and thank you for another edition of Beyond the Cab. Thank you Tim. <laughs>